All right, so something interesting just happened. I shared this with my dad, who is my trusty confidant. He's great at giving feedback, so I wanted to get his opinion. And he loved everything except for me in the beginning. He said it was inauthentic. So I don't know how to be more authentic, but I feel like if I tell you that, that's kind of authentic. I don't know, Dad. I hope you're proud of me. I hope you like this. Anyways, this isn't a podcast about my father and I's relationship. This is a podcast about my agency and trying to make it successful and being a total open book as I move along, which means that this intro is going to be a bit longer. If you don't like hearing me talk about Gush and give you updates on how the company's doing and how I'm doing, just skip, skip ahead. Um, We have a great conversation with Johnny Vance from Harmon Brothers. You're going to get a lot of nugs. Nuggets, nuggets of truth, nuggets of knowledge, all that good stuff. So just skip this part. But if you are interested, what's happened is there's been about a two and a half, three month gap between the first episode and the episode you're hearing now. Uh, for a couple of reasons, this was, this was going to be a podcast in partnership with somebody and it didn't work out. And that's another story for another time. But a lot's happened over that period of time. I When COVID started... And pretty quick soon after that episode, I actually got two clients and they weren't cold clients. They were friends of friends or personal connections in some way. But there were two real pieces of business with good margins because I was doing all the work myself. And for one of them, it's called Friction Labs. And they have a super cool product that's this chalk that protects you from getting uh, coronavirus at the gym or CrossFit or the climbing gym. So it's this really timely, cool product. And I actually built a studio, so to speak, inside my apartment, which you can't see, with a green screen and lighting. And so what I did during quarantine is I came up with this idea for them where it was a dude, since he couldn't be in the gym showing off the product, it was a dude pretending to be in the gym. And then in the green screen, I then subbed out, you know, the green background, obviously, for a gym environment. So it's this dude just being like, what's up? Here I am in the gym, crushing, crushing, crushing. <laughs> um, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't expect this, but I'm actually the person in it as well. Uh, I should know lines, but I don't. Anyways, it's the guy pretending to be in the gym working out, talking about how much he loves the chalk and how he can't wait for you to be in the gym with him. And by the time this podcast comes out, that campaign will be live, and I'm super stoked on it. Um, And then the other one is actually not a comedy campaign. It's called Say It Now, and it's a campaign encouraging people to express gratitude over Zoom in a group to someone who just means the world to them. And it's based on an insight that we wait till a eulogy a lot of the time to go around one by one and say how great this person is. And that's kind of crazy, right? They should be alive. Wouldn't they like to hear that? And so that's really what it addresses. Um, and that, you know, that's been a cool campaign that that already launched. And I'm still, we have a bit of media money, so I'm still creating content for that and, and going along. But the reason I'm telling you guys all this is one, to fill you in and catch you up. But two, right now, I don't know who our next client is. I don't know where the money is going to be coming from. I have no idea there's there's really nothing in the pipeline and you know right now i'm i'm not feeling that confident uh, i'm if i'm being totally honest and dad hopefully you like this more because i it's the truth is i'm not feeling that great um i'm i'm pretty worried and 
most of the time I have this blind confidence and it's great, but right now I just don't. I don't know where our next paycheck is coming from, but I'm going to keep working my fucking ass off until that happens or it doesn't. But I will not stop working seven days a week and, and doing everything I can because I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I believe so much in the idea of a comedy ad agency and I believe in the work that we're doing. And, you know, there's no reason this can't be successful um, unless, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. Obviously there's actually a lot of reasons. So anyways, thanks for bearing with me for that. Hopefully it was interesting and I just wanted to catch you up. So let's just put that behind us, move forward and talk about my guest so we can hop right in. His name is Johnny Vance and he works at my favorite advertising agency, like in the world. They're called Harmon Brothers. They're based in Utah, but they like have created campaigns that have gone everywhere. Crazy viral. They did Squatty Potty with that pooping unicorn, which everybody loves. So they're like incredible. And Johnny isn't just a creative director there. He's like the copy lead. So he's very much spearheading a lot of the creative there and has been a part of your favorite commercials from them. So Getting the chance to talk to him was amazing. Um, and I had a really good conversation with him. He's a really nice guy. And I think you guys hopefully will get stuff out of it because um, I, I did. So anyways, without further ado, sorry about the blabbing, Johnny Vance. You create really great content, but you also have this understanding of strategy, uh, media testing, optimization, and you have what what's basically almost like a like a formula or a structure to creating ads that sell. Mm-hmm. Um, have there been, and I'm sure there have, have there been times where something hasn't worked, and like you guys learned uh, a difficult but important lesson? Anything come to mind? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's been, yeah, there has been some occasions where. Even with hero videos, where we'll we'll release it, and uh, I think you know it to some people, you know, to us, it was definitely a flop. Um, to the to the outside world, it's like, well, it it broke even, or <laughs> you know, it it got marginal success. But yeah, for sure, we've we've had I, I'd call them flops before. Um, uh, I'll give an example. We we did this company an ad for a company called Vivint. Uh, they're a smart home company, and um, uh, and the ad was was pretty good. It was, I mean, looking back at it, I, it still makes me laugh. Um, but uh, the difficult part was we were selling a smart home, but we were selling uh, we were telling people order your smart home uh, by calling this one eight hundred number at the end of the ad. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I just don't think we nailed the funnel. I don't think, you know, it wasn't selling online before and we were trying to kind of change and totally, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't proven online. And so that basically what that did was it taught us, you know, if a company, even a company like Vivint that has a billion dollars valuation, um, if, if it's not nailed, uh, you can't scale it online. You have to nail that 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 online distribution, um, and and if you don't, it can be a really expensive mistake. And so from then on, we've just we've we've made sure that every you know company that we partner with, they have to have 
sales coming in online, they have to have a sort of a proven model, at least for hero videos. That that being said, we've taken on, you know, many smaller companies that that have never sold online before. Uh, We've helped launch some of them. Um, and, and, and in that case, a lot of times we don't go out with a hero video. We go out with something much smaller. We test into what works and then it's not, it's not, you know, mountains of pressure to make sure that it's a success. So sometimes you test into what works for a smaller video, uh, and that, and that helps ensure that it's going to be effective at doing whatever KPI you're trying to do. Yeah. And then for hero videos though, you're relying on existing data and information, or it's such a big thing that you can't test anything really. You just have to put all your eggs in one basket. Uh, actually, no. Like we've gotten to the point now where we do test before we invest. So we we test small. So what we do, we call it matrix testing, where we'll test banner. Wow, to start, that right? is the coolest name for it ever. Also, <laughs> test test to invest is like yeah. I don't yeah. know if that's I don't know if that's one of your sayings, but test, uh, test before you invest. Yeah, before you invest. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so sorry. Keep keep going. Yeah. We call it matrix testing, and we basically will test different titles and thumbnails long before we even write at the ad. And we'll, we'll, even if they have years of data, a lot of times they haven't tested into what sells best. And so what we'll find is uh, there may be messaging that they haven't even tested that, that works better. So we start with just banners and text, and we'll, we'll, we'll test a range of them, see what combinations work best. That data fuels our writing. And so that'll go into the writing retreat. Um, our writers will already know kind of what sells. Uh, we also do, we call them labs. So uh, I think the acronym is learning ad blitz. Essentially they're just like smaller ads that sell. They're super text-based, simple ads. Um, you can make them from your couch. You can make them with stock, stock footage. Um, those can sell really well too. And they're really cheap and easy way to test into um, to get sales, even before you do a sprint, even before you, you know, even try and entertain, um, that that's been a successful strategy for us. It's like, so first matrix testing, then labs, then, you know, in this case, a hero video. And then all of a sudden we're not swinging for the fences. We are, I mean, we're, we're not guessing, we're not putting all our eggs in one basket. We already have assets that sell. And so in some ways, it lessens the pressure a lot on the hero to perform. And, and you know, at least, you know, you have some videos that are going to sell and you have like a lot of uh, guidance for your hero, hero video and in and, and, and the entertaining video to know um, if you're going in the right direction long before you invest in it. Okay. So sometimes on social media, those really simple not creative ads sell so well that they even do better than the really creative ones. Has that ever happened to you or no? Uh, yeah. 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 And so how do you justify, cause you know, we're creative people and we don't want to lose the creative aspect of our jobs, but if people are really focused on sales, how do you justify the creative part of it? Yeah. Th- this all depends on perspective and if the CEO is, for lack of a better word, smart. Um, <laughs> so those videos that you're referring to on Facebook, we call, you know, we call them labs or easy ads that sell, stuff like that. Um, those are very powerful for short-term growth. But if a company just focuses on sales and not branding, um, 
they're they're a snuggy company for instance you know for for lack of better ter- words um uh, look at snuggy like their valuation is is so small um they they thrived off of um you know infomercials they got lots of sales but where's their brand you know nobody uh, nobody remembers snuggy for being innovative nobody will pay uh you know have brand loyalty like they do for apple and so i think I've seen, we've seen this mistake several times. Um, companies will never graduate to a branded uh, side. Branding is the long game. Sales is the short game. So if you can, if you can graduate to branding, uh, then you can actually scale your business um, by the multiples. Um, but when you're starting, for sure, you want to start just you know heavily focused on sales. You can't afford to dump millions of dollars on something that's not going to be directly tracked. Okay, so has there ever been a time, and it sounds like maybe there have, given the smart conversation, has there ever been a time where the CEO or whoever you're working directly with has not bought into what you're saying right now? Has been like, I don't get it. And then, and then how do you educate them to convince them that, you know, brand, because branding is so, can feel so intangible right. that it can be difficult for a business to justify the investment. And they're like, if, if this is making more money for me now, why wouldn't it just keep making money for me? Why, why would it make any less money for me? And we're still optimizing it and, and all that stuff. Shouldn't it just get better? So what do you say to, to that? Yeah, um, it's really, really hard to teach this mindset. I think CEOs either have a growth mindset or they have a profit mindset. Um, and it's really hard to teach them to have a growth mindset. So, um, (laughs) if they get, uh, I mean, we've had clients before that has either had a change of leadership or a change of mind. They've initially been growth minded, but then once they switch to profit minded and trying to, you know, wring as much profit out of each ad, um, they tank. It's incredible. It takes a little bit because there's lag time, but their their sales just follow their CEO's mindset um and it's it's depressing and it's it's um it's a bit of a cautionary tale um but then we have on the on the flip side um you know i i don't think we teach this mindset but there are other ones that are that are you know the i always say that the CEOs who are less like influenced by profits um seem to be the most successful <laughs> Like profits come, they they just heavily invest in marketing, and and they know that not everything's going to be a winner. But then um, the ones that are totally make up for the other ones. Um, I I always explain it like a chess strategy. Um, so I compare it chess versus checkers. So checkers, you have you know tons of the same uh, you know pieces on the board. You just throw a ton of the same stuff out there. With chess, you have a tiered strategy where you have a butt ton of pawns, you have knights, rooks, um, you know, uh, uh, bishops, and then you have uh, a king and a queen. So in this analogy, like uh, those pawns, those other pieces, they actually extend the life of your king and queen in the game. Um, And it's the exact same thing with content. Like you have this king, you have this hero video. but it's not going to last long on Facebook anymore without a tiered content strategy. So we call them like sidekicks or sprints. And then um, these labs videos or, or these banner ads, just 
as many as you can. Um, it, it really is like this, this is what is keeping Harvard Brothers successful today is this tiered content approach. And when we explain that to a client that's a little leery about branding, um, there is a little bit of a switch sometimes um, in that they realize, okay, I can't get by with just you know, pawns. I can't get by with tons of like cheap content because they don't last long and no one's going to be able to remember my brand. And I can't get by with just a hero content because it's going to burn out on Facebook. But together with the tiered content strategy, um, you know, you're going to multiply the success and the length of, uh, and the lifetime of your investment. Like hero videos that have a tiered content approach behind it, they last, I kid you not, like months and months, sometimes years longer than those that don't. So it kind of stretches your dollar and and and, and gets them to think more long term. Yeah, I, I, that all that makes a lot of sense. Well, let's shift gears for a second. So there's this card game that I'm really stoked about called Poopocalypse, and it's just a poop based card game. And uh, I mean, is it true that you're the creator of it? It's true. It came to me in a vision. Uh, in a poop oh my god! If you will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were on the toilet. How did you come up with the idea? <laughs> I was sitting in a park. I said sitting. <laughs> and uh, uh, I just had this idea. Um, man, I want to, I had this entrepreneurial bug last summer. I was like, I, w- I want to make something, but what am I good at? <laughs> I just write poop jokes for my job. <laughs> and I thought, well, maybe I can make a card game. That sounds fun. So yeah, we just launched on Kickstarter. Uh, it's been a really fun journey for me because it's caused me to have to learn how to do a bunch of things I didn't know how to do um, and just kind of, uh, uh, you know, learn what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. So that's that's one of the things, you know, Kickstarter has some super high percentage of uh, campaigns that just don't ever come to fruition. People don't make their amount of money. And then you come along and what you hit your funding goal in like 23 minutes or something 27 27 27 <laughs> All right, let's get let's get the number right and then and then at this point you're what 40 times over what you were asking for yeah is that a, is that right or even higher at this point we're on track to, to hit for you know over 40 times so yeah okay so what is it and well first let's talk about the obvious things you know, in terms of why yours is is successful while so many other people's are not. You're yeah. the design aesthetic. Um, the idea is obviously really sticky. Um, the video is great. It just like when I look at your Kickstarter, um, it just looks like so much effort went in. And then the amount that you were asking for was like $1,500. And so it was just like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> let's give this guy some money. This is so cool. It's so weird. But it, it literally, I think if you compare it to just about anything else out there, it's significantly better. You had gifts, you had the video, you had amazing design uh, that was done, you know, uh, in some cases like motion graphics with this hand-drawn illustration. And so it just like, I mean, it was intimidating, like how much effort you put in. Um, and so I, I like first, congratulations. I think Thank it's you. very well Thank deserved. You. But but is that, do you think that's why it was successful? Or did you, you know, use distribution channels and advertise? How did you, you get this crazy amount of money? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so and by the way, it's not. It's not. I mean, it is kind of crazy. It's definitely a lot right, of money, right. but it's not. You know, it's not like Pebble, which got millions of dollars. Right, I just mean right. like, how are you so successful? How, how could I make other it work? People? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a fair question. Um, uh, and I'll I'll probably have a clear answer. You know, towards the end of the campaign, when I can when I can tell you what worked and what didn't. Um, but in in a nutshell. Um, yeah, for a first-time game designer, it is it is an uphill battle. A lot of people don't trust you yet. They don't really know, um, you know, what what to expect with your game. Um, and so this time, uh, I I just threw everything at the wall and see and, and saw what stuck. Um, so I uh, yeah spent the last year prototyping, refining, and then I had an artist friend that I used to help me design the cards. Um, uh, I, but I mean, in terms of that initial success, um, it's, it was all just a bunch of marketing strategies that I tried. Um, there wasn't like a, a silver bullet. It was like a, tons of small silver bullets, I could say. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, for anyone who's, who's wanting to, so I chose Kickstarter because, um, Kickstarter is a place where you can build a community and you can actually get email addresses and 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 then when you relaunch again another game it can be seriously 10 times bigger than the, than the last one if you fulfilled and if you treated them right and everything um, a lot of people launch right to Amazon but in that case you just get sales without getting an audience they don't give you emails and so for me I was like no, I think I want to go to Kickstarter first it's definitely been uh, an investment um, you know, getting everything, like you're saying, it took us a, a long time to make the video and the, in the page and everything. And I've been, yeah, I've been, uh, toiling away at it for a year just on the side. Um, but I will say like, um, I just tried a bunch of marketing strategies and some of them really worked. So one thing I did, um, and I, I'm not a technical guy at all. I, I don't know how to code. I don't know how to do any of that, but I had to set up a funnel, um, and I just I just did a landing page uh, on ClickFunnels. I figured it out over over a few hours, um, and then had a place where people could input their email, and then I gave them a free print and play version of the game. And so by the time we launched, I, I ran some ads to that page. Um, we had three thousand emails there, and then that was able to you know spur some of the growth. Uh, I'd also recommend if anyone's wanting to build an audience, like do a Facebook group. I don't know why nobody told me that. But uh, our Facebook group had 10 times more engagement than a Facebook page. And so that was huge for um, an initial kind of community building growth opportunity. Um, and then finally, um, another thing I did with the game is, and, and a lot of people like, I, I'd never heard of anybody doing this with the Kickstarter, but I, I cross promoted with, um, with uh, poop related brands. So uh, I did a deal with Squatty Potty where I made them a card in my game and then they blast their list when we started. And that was huge. It was super successful for us. Uh, I did it with Dude Wipes as well and actually with Harmon Brothers. Um, and so uh, that was kind of another thing where I just threw a ton of things, you know, at the wall and saw what stuck. Um, yeah. So I, I'd say it, it really is about testing um, and, and, and just seeing what works. That's that's awesome though. I I really like this because they're very practical things that I haven't heard. Like I mean, cross promoting. See, like you say it, and it's like, well, yeah, but like I I never thought to do that when I did a Kickstarter. Um, 
which crashed and burned, obviously, because I, <laughs> I didn't even try anything. It was so dumb. But, um, you know, a Facebook group, I've never heard that. That's such a smart idea. Thanks, man. So the, the last kind of area of focus I wanted to talk about is um, is your personal brand. Because you, I, I, you know, I, I looked you up and, and pretty much right at the top is your TikTok. And you have over 100,000 followers, or I don't even know what they're called, TikTok. Tweens? or I tweens? Think tweens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Young, young boys and girls. So you, so you, uh, you have a huge following, or what I consider to be a huge following. Um, yeah. How long did it take you to build that? How did you build that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's deceiving because I feel like my LinkedIn audience is a hundred times more uh, beneficial than my TikTok audience. But uh, <laughs> I, I'd say for for TikTok, I, I, I mean, I. I think I was, I've been at it for like six months or something like that. Um, you know, occasionally posting, uh, behind the scenes videos from our ads or from my game Poopocalypse. Um, and six months. Are you kidding me? Yeah, six I'll, months and you have a hundred thousand. <laughs> you know, I mean like you're a creative director in advertising you have a hundred thousand that's so insane. That's so I'll, insane. I'll, I'll have to look back to see the first post I did. But yeah, I think it's something like that. It really, though, TikTok, um, it's such a new platform and it's super hard to monetize and it's super hard to to, to control. And it's really just, I mean, I, I should probably think about it more long, long game. Like, okay, entertain for now and then eventually I can start, you know, selling and stuff. But um uh yeah yeah i I, i'd say it it might be good to do tiktok it's just it's just not sort of a mature platform that you can you know really engage anyone with oh yeah yeah i also yeah i I have no idea i I feel like very out of the loop with that and i keep being like i gotta get on that and i download it i'm like i don't get this at all Um, it'll 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 like increase you know add and and what whatever bad feelings you have about the world uh (laughs) Oh yeah, I know. Like all I need is more social media in my life. Um, okay. Okay. So has, has the TikTok led to any opportunities yet or? Uh, I'd say, I mean, let's see. It's harder to track. I think, I think there have been people that have, uh, you know, followed my Kickstarter or followed me on other platforms because of TikTok, but because they just barely, I think just a couple, two or three months ago, rolled out the, the, um, link, ability to to link outside of your platform it's just tougher for me to track um it it could very well be like a, a a good investment um i just say i mean for now every time i you know linkedin has lots of virality as well and if and if i were to recommend somebody like start to build their brand um especially if your brand isn't just pure entertainment if it's like you're trying to sell you know marketing services or whatnot um, LinkedIn is a much better, uh, you know, time per uh, ROI for what, what you get. So that, that was my last question is like, you know, I, I, I don't have time to like focus on more than one, if even one, you know, social media platform for my own brand, but it mm-hmm. sounds like LinkedIn has been the best for you and Absolutely. what you would recommend. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've done like tens, tens of thousands of dollars just through LinkedIn. On, on like little side projects. 
Um, LinkedIn. You mean like people, like people messaging you, like, "Hey, I saw your LinkedIn or whatever, and I'd love to work with you, Harmon." Yeah. Brothers. So, so closing closing deals, but then also, yeah, actually, probably a lot more than tens of thousands with the deals that have come in through LinkedIn. But no, um, I'm talking about like like courses or or other things. Um, LinkedIn just, I mean, it, it's just people with money who are interested in what you're doing. Um, and there's virality still on that platform. There isn't on Facebook. There isn't on 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 YouTube hardly at all. Um, uh, I will say, um, I initially I was intimidated by LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, it's either like a a boring platform for job seekers, or I have to be like elaborate and make videos and plan out content. Honestly, a good strategy is just to do text posts. Like those get read on LinkedIn and they can do really well. And so if you have something to say, and if you're not like constantly selling, but offering value, um, you can get, you know, thousands and thousands of free views um, and, and continue to kind of establish your niche. Okay. So what, so what's a post that has been really successful? What have you learned through it um, in terms of the posts that perform well and the posts that maybe don't? And, uh, you know, have you, have you through trying different things out, really found your voice on LinkedIn, what your personal brand is, you know, anything you learned? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I learned first and foremost, it's, it's not bad to sell on LinkedIn. Just don't sell all the time. Um, you know, have always be giving value, always be like, like for me, uh, some of my most, uh, popular, or, or successful posts have been things that are uh, that n- nobody that somebody's afraid to say, but like resonates with them that are very relatable and pertinent in the, in the business industry or marketing um, or just really practical advice. Like, Oh, we did this. We learned this lesson with this campaign and you should do it. And, and here's how to break it down. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I mean, that, that'd be my rule of thumb is, is, uh, is is just offer value just be thinking how you can give value to other people and not not ring them <laughs> dry uh to start <laughs> yeah no i i definitely like never thought of linkedin as like a platform where it's like hey guys you know just posting and reminding you that like we're gush and you should um you know, uh, hire us to do something. Um, but in trying to find my voice, like I landed at this place that's very much what the focus of the podcast is, which is narrating the ups and downs of starting an agency. And I've gotten some positive feedback. I've gotten some negative feedback. And it's like just one of those things where you don't know. So I'm still messing around with it. I, I, I don't really know what the right place is to be, but right now I'm, I'm liking being authentic and, and yeah. just very like open and honest about what my experience is, what I'm learning, the mistakes I'm making, how I'm feeling. Um, oh, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. And I think, um, I think, uh, you know, some people think, Oh, we can't, there's no place for humor, you know, on LinkedIn or no place for humor in the workplace, but that's, that's BS. You know, you can, you can, uh, uh, I think it's so devoid of humor right now that actually somebody who's funny, uh, really stands out. So yeah. I'd okay. So I'll it. try to, yeah, I'll try to like test some jokes out or something <laughs> yes. um, on the platform. Um, okay. The, the way I like to end, uh, I'm still trying to figure out what the best ending is, but I think the way I want to end at least this one is asking, um, what like do you have any piece of advice that you would give me um as someone trying to start an agency or a little nugget of wisdom if there was one little thing you wanted to leave with 
Um, yeah, I would say sales first, start second. Just, I think that's the biggest temptation for creatives is let's make something that's really, really entertaining. Uh, but if it doesn't sell, uh, it's not going to lead, um, to the success that, you know, we all want. So, um, that, that's what I'd say. It's been a North star for us at Harmer brothers. Um, yeah. And really just, you know, focus on, uh, running the poop market. You know? That's right. <laughs> All right, Johnny, thank you so much for hopping in and, and talking with me. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Timothy. You guys, if you don't think that's hot content, then you're cold, cold as ice. That was a super smart guy, super kind gentleman, talking about a bunch of things that are worth knowing. I'm really appreciative of his time. I've been taking one of their courses from Harmon Brothers University. I'm gonna report back, it's on ads that sell, and I will give you an honest opinion about if I think it's helpful. But until then, enjoy yourselves.